Okay, uh, nice to see you all. Um, it's been a really exciting time. Obviously, um, through this last month has been pretty fast and furious. Uh, the first thing was to to hire a staff, and I feel really, really good about the staff we've been able to assemble. Uh, this is our first week that everyone's been in-house, and um, I think they all bring something very special to the table. And uh, so... Our main function here this week as we first got together has been mainly about recruiting, about getting organized recruiting. Um, we had one weekend where we had kind of a skeleton crew here. All the staff wasn't hired. That weekend was mostly junior college recruits. And, uh, and now we, we kind of turn our attention to a little bit more of a mixture of high school and junior college kids uh, as we close out the recruiting season. Uh, dead period ends uh, this Thursday on the 12th. And so we will all hit the, hit the road and get out there and, and make sure that we're not only uh, actively recruiting the guys for 2017, but we have a good feel for the guys for 2018. As we mentioned before, our main focus is going to be to make sure that we saturate the Valley and do our best to keep all the Valley kids close to home. And uh, so we're going to be really making a... Uh, an emphasis on that, of, of getting out in those schools and cultivating the relationships, uh, whether they have prospects or whether they don't, uh, because I think it's really important that, um, that they understand that the communication lines are open and that the, the, they have a place where they can come and talk ball and that the kids throughout the Valley uh, understand what Fresno State's all about and have a passion for Fresno State um, and, and what's going on in the Valley. Um, having a, our staff put together, I thought it was really important to make sure that we had some bulldog um, blood here of people who have played here before. So we have three guys on our staff, be it J.D. Williams, uh, Scott Thompson, and Jamie Christian. And uh, they all bring some special things to the table. Not only are they great coaches, they're great people, obviously very experienced recruiting, but understand uh, the value of and, and the pride and tradition of Fresno State football and what it takes to create that. And uh, so really happy uh, about those guys being on the staff. I won't go through each staff member. Um, I will talk about the coordinators because two of them are here today. Kalen Deborah, offensive coordinator who came from Eastern Michigan. I had not known Kalen before, uh, but through this process, I felt like it was really important to do my research around the country on who had turned their programs around, uh, who, have, who have had success, uh, who has the same type of philosophy that I have had in the past on what we need to do offensively. And I feel like we found a great match 
Uh, Kalen uh, was a three-time national championship at Sioux Falls, uh, three-time national coach of the year with a record of 67-3, and three, uh, which is phenomenal. And, um, and, and brought that same success to Eastern Michigan, which was a program that was building. And for them to go to a bowl game this year, I thought they really accomplished a lot. And so that's really what caught my eye was the turnaround at Eastern Michigan and the people behind that. And, um, you know, but in talking to Kalen over the phone, felt like our philosophies really mesh of being diverse, being able to run the football, being physical. Uh, one year I think they led the league in, in rushing, and the next year they led the league in passing, So, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, they're able to be diverse and, and really kind of do what, the, what your personnel allows you to do and be able to adapt. Um, so he will have a chance to, to talk with you here in a few minutes, and you'll be able to ask him some questions. Our defensive coordinator, Orlando Steinhauer, um, came from Canada uh, in the CFL. He's originally from the state of Washington around the Seattle area. Um, went to Western Washington University, uh, played, had a great career as a player, and has been one of the top coordinators in the CFL for many years. Um, I always said, and I knew every time we had to play them, um, or at least last when I was in the CFL last, um, and having to prepare to play Hamilton, it was a nightmare. Very aggressive defense, really very multiple, gets after you in many, many different ways. Really turned the ball over a lot. Um, I want to say they had like 93 turnovers in, in two years. He can, he can be, is that right, Orlando? Something like that, um, uh, to be exact. But um, very aggressive and uh, great person. And I, I want to reiterate that these these guys just aren't great football coaches, okay? They're great people, and and they're going to represent this university. They're going to be great with the kids. They're going to be able to create an environment for these guys to reach their full potential, academically, athletically, socially, spiritually. They all get it. They're all great family men, and I think they're going to represent the university well. They're going to represent our football program well, and they're going to be here for the kids' full development. So really excited about the entire staff and uh, what the next what the next say three weeks looks like is uh, we have a big recruiting weekend this week this weekend we have about 15 kids coming in and their families and so that will be a, a major weekend for us. We have three weekends left uh, this weekend then it's the 20th and then I believe the 27th or something like that. Um, the next three weekends and so we're looking forward to that not just the coaching staff um, but our recruiting department with Spencer Harris has really done a, a great job in you know we're kind of up against it here when you, you haven't been doing this together for a long time he has been really instrumental in, in really putting together the list and getting everybody directed on what's going on so people behind the scene, scenes are just as important um, one of the other guys that, that we just hired the other day is Andy Ward, our strength and conditioning coach from Stanford, who I've always really been impressed with um, the development of the Stanford players. And uh, so we're able to hire him this week. And so really anxious to, to get him involved in our players and move forward in that direction as well. Um, obviously, recruiting is number one at this time. And then on the 17th, we start back to school. And then 
as we balance recruiting, it's also going to be getting to know our players. And we have a team meeting at 9 a.m. on the 17th that we're looking forward to, to getting in a room and having our, our players meet the coaches. Uh, they've all been on the phone with all their players, so they've done that, introduced themselves that way. Uh, but now it's going to be about creating the relationships and building the trust and confidence that's necessary for our future. Um, so really with that, I'll open it up to questions. Well, I think the knowledge that everyone has, um, what we've really had to do, um, that we've tried to do over this last week was really educate people to Fresno State. A lot of people understand the tradition of Fresno State. Um, people like Tony Tuiati, who coached at Hawaii, who has a great passion or a great understanding or respect for Fresno State. Uh, but what's great about these guys is they're all experienced. They're all great recruiters. And one of the things I think that's really important is being a great evaluator. I think they're great evaluators. I think they're all master teachers. I think they're experts in their field. Uh, but I think they're all positive. And uh, they're going to be positive. They're going to be demanding as well. And so I think they bring all those characteristics as coaches here. Um, what, what I'm excited about also is people with their background of recruiting. You take Scott Thompson, who has been in the USC recruiting department for whatever it's been the last six, eight years or whatever it's been. Okay, so his, his connections throughout that program, uh, Tony being at Michigan running their recruiting department, and so he has his connections. And, and so there's a lot of information and a lot of knowledge in that room um, that we have. And I've been really impressed with, because these guys are all such good guys and they're not ego guys whatsoever, we understand that we're in this as a group. This is a team effort. And uh, it doesn't matter who recruits them. We're recruiting them as, as a staff. And I think all of those guys have really um, displayed that, that they have those characteristics over this last two weeks that I've got to know them. Well, and that's that's interesting. You know, we're we spent this week at the at the beginning of um, I guess of last week, kind of going over um, our philosophy and came up with dog wired dudes. You know, guys that are are wired the way that we want them to be wired, and that's that's guys that are leaders, guys that um, are good guys off the field, guys that are hard workers, guys that are tough great character kids, um, do well in the classroom, all those type of things, you know. And so we have to do our research with those guys to make sure that they're the right fit for Fresno State. And uh, so we spent last week really talking about the philosophy of who we're looking for and, uh, and what the Fresno State guys look like. And uh, so we spent a couple of days on that, and I thought that was very beneficial. Right. Well, I felt with Orlando, um, 
I felt like I knew him well without knowing him personally, uh, if that makes sense. Um, because preparing to play against him, I know what went into that. But then in doing some research behind the scenes, the general manager, Eric Tillman there, uh, relied on his input a lot. A lot of people, that, that's a small league, and it's, it's really a fraternity up there. And so he was very well respected, not just as a football coach, but as a person. Uh, people who had been there to watch him practice on how he motivated players, um, how he made it fun for the players, how they played with great intensity and passion. Um, all those things don't happen by accident. And so research behind the scenes on the phone and then spent a long time on the phone with him, just talking about uh, if this was the right fit for him professionally because he was really at a, at a stage up there where his next step would have been a head coach in the CFL. And that's how well-respected he is up there. And uh, so <clears throat> spent a lot of time talking with him and then people who knew him. Because I know the X and O part. I know what that looked like. Um, but as far as how he teaches, what his meetings look like, how he relates to the players, those type of things, the energy, the motivation he brings every day, it was a slam dunk once I, I got a chance to, to talk with those people. And then the same thing with Kalen was talking to people. Uh, looking at his past you know when you look at some of these stats that he's had uh, it's it's not by mistake that you go 67 and 3 and you're three-time national champions and you're I don't care what league you're in or anything like that I you know it's there's something behind that and his head coach at Eastern Michigan had nothing but great things to say about him and you you know sometimes that's that's a little kind of a catch-22 um, because the head coach doesn't want to lose him, but also knows that, that if Kalen wants to do something to further his career and his professional development, and uh, just had great things to say about him. So I watched a lot of games, and, uh, and then again on the telephone, being able to talk to him, I, could really, I really figured out that, that our philosophies are very similar. And watching the tape, I, f I felt like they were very similar, and then brought him out here to have an interview and, and it was a short one because we were all in transition. He was on his way to a... You know, I'll toss things in there from time to time about things, but but we'll have great communication and uh, we'll work it out that way. Obviously, you want to saturate the valley and, and gain that relationship back, but Valley's lost some guys to Mountain West schools. So, what are you saying in, in the household and to these players, and why is it important to get Valley guys? Well, it's important to get Valley guys just because that's what Fresno State. The, the Fresno State and the pride and tradition that I know 
is about Valley Guys. It's about the toughness that it brings here. It's about the passion of staying home, playing in front of your family, uh, getting a great education, those type of things. And I think there is, you know, I, I think when you start expanding your recruiting base too wide, the passion and the tradition that goes on at Fresno uh, is kind of lost a little bit. You know, so to keep it in California, but really to make sure that people are growing up with Fresno State football. I think that's important. Not just the kids for 2017 or 2018. It's the kids for for the future. And so to get in and build relationships with those coaches uh, is critical. Uh, I will be doing that this Thursday. I will be out in the Valley all over. Um, and our coaches will as well. And then we'll be able to hit it again in the spring. Uh, but we want to make sure that they understand it's an open door here and that, that we build this place back to what it was and, um, and having the stadium full and full of energy and passion and make it the toughest place in the conference to come play. That doesn't really matter. I mean, in my mind, it really doesn't. We're recruiting kids that are good fits for our program. Um, you know, I, I see that we can compete against some Power 5 schools. I don't think there's any doubt about that um, because I think Fresno's a special place. And I think people can come here and get a great ed education, reach your full potential as young men and football players. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm really not caught up on that, you know, to tell you the truth. You know, it's... Uh, We'll play big-time football. We have a great schedule and, um, you know, and, and build a great environment that they can play in front of and have their family be a part of their, their college experience. So Power 5, non-Power 5, to me, is, is really not that big of a deal when it comes to recruiting. Well, because I think the same attributes are, are everywhere. When you have success, it does, football is a hard thing. It's about motivating kids. It's about being sound fundamentally and, and technically. And it's hard to win football games. If everything's relative, okay, it's hard to be successful all the time. And I don't care if, if you're in the Pac-12 or you're in the Mountain West. When you go on a run like 67-3, and three, that's a pretty special accomplishment. I don't care what level it's at because it's all relative. And uh, you're, you're competing against the same people, you know, along your conference or whatever it may be. So I think there's just things behind the scenes that are critical to success. And I don't care if you take a high school program. A high school program, I'll just throw out De La Salle because I think they're one of the storied programs in the nation, okay? It doesn't happen by accident that they have the great record that they have, right? So. Um, you know, I think when coaches are able to accomplish those type of things, there's a lot that goes into it. Goes into evaluating the right kids, creating the right environment daily, uh, making sure that you're motivating kids, making sure that you work through adversity. All that stuff is is what's consistent uh, in in football, whether it's high school football, Division One, Division Two, pro football. It's all the same, in my opinion.
Expectation is day to day. You know, I mean, we, we expect to have high standards here and to make sure that we live by those and to reach our full potential. You know, I'm not going to talk about wins and losses or anything like that. I'm, it, we're going to play hard. We're going we're gonna to have a tough football team. We're going to play snap the whistle. Um, we're going to attack the football and create turnovers, and, and we're going to have ball security. And we're going to play together as a family and a unit, and we're going to play exciting football. We're going to fly around. We're going to have fun. And uh, we need the fans for that. You know, if, if we're going to make this the place that it's really traditionally known to be, the fans are a major part of it. Because this is, a, I think, if you ask people around the country, if they had to come into Fresno State and, and play here, that it's a tough place to play. People aren't looking forward to that. And we want to make sure that it gets back to that, that when they come here, win or lose, they know that they've been in, they've been in a fight and that we're going to play physical football, we're going to compete, snap the whistle for as long as it takes to win. And, uh, and that's the mindset that we're going to set. It's a process to get that done for sure. It's not going to happen overnight, but we're going to start as soon as they get back on, on January 17th with that process. Well, that, that's a process as well. I mean, we'll know we'll know who the starting quarterback is on by game one for sure, hopefully. Um, you know, but they have to be battle tested. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. You know, my five criteria really for quarterbacks are mental and physical toughness. Number one, uh, they have to be mentally tough. They have to be physically tough to, to lead the team. Intelligence is is big on what we can ask them to handle. Because I think their job is to, not just their position to put everyone else in position to be successful. Competitiveness is the third thing that they're able, you know, they want the ball in their hand uh, when it's a two-minute drill and they're going to compete on and off the football field. They're going to be great leaders and, uh, and people can look up to them. And then the next two kind of go, you know, you can flip them around and that's some kind of athletic ability slash escape dimension and arm and, and throwing ability. You know, but all those things really go into it. But we don't know any of that yet. You know, we watch tape, but we don't – I can't say we know these guys well enough to, to put a tag on somebody like that. Yeah, it's going to be an open competition, and, um, and then we'll see what happens. You know, so obviously we won't know the true freshmen coming in until August if they're in the mix to be the starting quarterback because we just don't know enough about them. But uh, it's going to be competitive, and they're going to be held to a high standard. And their job, like I said, is not just to be a good quarterback, to put everybody in position to be successful around them. Well, well, thank you, Coach Kutcher. All right. That will bring up offensive coordinator Darren Gordon. Thank you. Pr appreciate you guys coming out. Uh, it's a great question to start off. Uh, first of all, it, it is great to be here, and thanks for all attending. Um, the you know the the tradition, um, and just that uh, that championship culture that exists here uh, is something that I'm certainly aware of. I think it's known across the country, uh, and I, I've seen what that picture looks like, 
and it's a lot of fun to be a part of, um, especially when I was at the University of Sioux Falls as a head coach and uh, part of that program. But the culture that exists when you're at a championship level, uh, it's fun to be a part of and restoring the tradition here. Um, again, I know what that picture looks like, but also, ironically, I've come from a program where I've, I've had to you know, go from 1-11 to the point uh, to where we had a bowl game this last year. So I'm excited to you know, build it from the ground up, uh, you know, starting this year. And, and Coach Tedford, I, sh I share the, <clears throat> the, uh, you know, the common traits, uh, I think, in building that program. So I'm looking forward to it. How do you go 67? What, when you look back, yeah. you see just at that ridiculous level. Of yeah, no, so that's where this is going to come in. It's about the coaches. It's about the people. And uh, we've got great coaches here. And, you know, the one thing that helped me decide on this job was not just Coach Tedford, but seeing that there were three alumni that were coming back to this program to be a part of it and the excitement they had. And not even knowing them, I met one, I uh, met Coach Christian, you know, on my visit here. But not even knowing them, I realized that, you know, this is a special place and Coach Tedford is a special coach. And their excitement to come here showed me that, uh, that things were heading the right direction. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Yeah, we got a system that will run, and and I think every place you go, you kind of have the little tweaks and the and the things other people bring to it to make it even better. Um, I'm excited to you know sit around the table with our staff, with Coach Tedford, and just uh, uh, you know figure out exactly who we are. We've had a chance to look at our our personnel, um, and number one, that's what uh, my offenses have been in the past. They've been personnel driven, uh, anywhere from uh, you know strength of having multiple running backs on the football field at the same time to uh, you know uh, your strength being multiple tight ends or multiple receivers we'll figure out what we have here within our program and our system system is flexible enough to be able to fit those people and so uh, we're very diverse um, we'll have our base offense it'll uh, start with a downhill run game you know zone power counter um, but then as we go as we go through it um, thank you as we go through it we'll uh, We'll have, um, you know, the, the the system will hopefully by week three, four, five, and six when you face opponents, it'll look complex, you know, because they'll have a lot of different things on film. But for us, it's something that's actually pretty simple to install, simple for our guys to understand and allow them to play fast each and every week. Yeah, no, I think there's a stop along the way that was really critical, and that's at Southern Illinois, uh, playing the Missouri Valley Conference, which is really the best conference, um, you know, at the time it was. I mean, multiple national championships. I think the last seven years, the national champion, uh, one of the nat player teams in the national championship has come from that conference, and playing at that in that conference and that level of football, um, really the difference from level to level isn't about the X's and O's. And like Coach said, it's a, you know the, the, the motivating the players and all that's the same. Um, really, the difference is just managing staff um, and you know, the recruiting areas that you work to. And, and you know, whether it's nationwide or you know, the regions you work in, really, that's the, the biggest difference. You know, 
when I was at Sioux Falls, we were recruiting mainly, you know, the Midwest. Uh, we'd get some transfers from out here, you know, out uh, out in the West, you know, the JC guys. And then um, at Southern Illinois, we were more of the Midwest to maybe Southeast. And then the transfers from, you know, the different junior colleges, different regions. And uh, at Eastern Michigan, we were more, you know, up there in the in the Midwest, the Northern Midwest. But, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time out here recruiting the, the junior college transfers along with Ryan Grubber, offensive line coach. So. Um, really, I think it's mo mainly the management of the staff, and uh, you know, um, a lot of it's the you know you have a vision and you got to sell the vision to the players. Um, you know, getting that buy-in. It's all football. It's what it's all about. It's the same at every place I've been. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Josh is a great player, yeah, and we were. We were very excited about him at the time and pushing hard, you know, to try to get him. I think we were actually his first offer, found him out here. Ryan Grubb, again, was a very, you know, had a lot of influence in that. And we've had to play against him. Actually, we've played Wyoming the last two years when we were at Eastern, 2-0 um, and o against him. But a uh, very good football player. Certainly know who he is. Right. Uh, we coached together for three years at Sioux Falls. Uh, the thing about Ryan is he understands the big picture. Um, he's uh, technically just a great teacher when it comes to the offensive line position. He just uh, eats, sleeps, and breathes, you know, how to make his offensive line technically better. Um, he loves bringing a group, and that's the group that has to just be the closest knit. Um, he knows how to do that. Um, just has a great relationship with his players. And I knew that from those years. And when I had a chance to go to Eastern uh, Michigan, um, I knew I had to have Ryan at that point come with me because um, we share you know, not just the same philosophy and, and ideas, but there's just a, a chemistry between us and how we coach. Uh, we can be, you know, he challenges me the right way because I think that's important as a, as a, in any profession to be challenged, you know, to be able to push yourself. And he does that the right way. Um, I, I challenge him and push him. And, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, a great working relationship we have. And so um, he, he knows what we're trying to become. Um, and then in the end, he also has been an offensive coordinator, you know, for four years. And so he gets the big picture. He understands how the offensive line play and that protection fits what we want to do in the passing game, you know, and there's a lot more things uh, with that. But um, he's very knowledgeable in a lot of different ways. What? It doesn't? I'm 42. <laughs> Right. I think the biggest impact comes uh, probably from my college coach. His name was Bob Young. And uh, I think in this, in this, th you know, coaching football is a lifestyle. It's, it's not just something you do, it's who you are. And I think he really taught me that um, and made my days as a player so enjoyable. And again, we were part of a culture that ex just like exists here at Fresno State, you know, it was a championship culture. Um, and, uh, but he made it a, a great time and, um, you know, he really, he really made it to something where, you know, that bond you had with your teammates. And that just doesn't happen. There's got to be someone kind of pushing you in that direction and giving you the, the, the format and the, 
the, the opportunity to to build relationships where the guy you know that's next to you is the the best man in your wedding and all that kind of stuff. But um, he really is the one that gave me the love and passion to help others experience what I experienced as a foot, as a, as a player myself. And then I think there's obviously you know people you you come across along the way you know when you talk about the X's and O's and how to you know um, you know put you know how you want your offense to look when it gets on the field and how to get there you know whether it's your practice system uh, you know whatever it might be there's a lot of great people that have been a part of that along the way coach Creighton at Eastern Michigan you know he was an offensive minded he called plays for I think 17 17 years as the head coach slash offensive coordinator and uh, he had a huge impact he challenged me in a lot of ways and so you know, I'm really appreciative of what he did for me. Um, you know, he turned the reins over, which I think is a hard thing to do. You know, you asked Coach Tedford the same question. I think it's a hard thing to do uh, when you've done it for so long, and that's what you're, that's what you know. And and uh, you know, Coach Creighton did the same thing for me there. And um, you know, he but he also challenged in a lot of ways that made me grow as a football coach. Yeah, it didn't have to be a package deal. Uh, there's other great offensive line coaches that I know just haven't worked with as long, you know, or or at all. Um, but uh, I didn't even know that uh, the offensive line position was not hired yet until deep into our conversation the first time we talked, you know. So, and then I just brought it up, and um, you know, then it kind of went from there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We're still we're working on that thing. It's just more of the passion, um, you know, the the um, you know the drive that you have to be great. Um, I think that's really it's the, probably the characteristics you have personally, you know. And then there's also the physical the physical attributes and how you play on the football field. You know, coach talked about snap to whistle. You know, those type of things. We just want guys that you know when you walk off the football field after playing us. You just know that you you saw the the toughest guys that you're going to see all season, and watching film, you know you're in for a battle uh, when it comes to that Saturday. I think that's really what Dogwire does, where it starts. Coach, you're going to be joining a one eleven team. Um, it's a challenge, obviously, but right. does that entice you to join this program? Yeah, and I just like I said, I mean, it gives me confidence knowing what we have just done the last two to three years, and it doesn't happen overnight. Um, but also, I do understand that there's a culture that exists that, has set, like I said before, um, there's I think there's some great resources. There's there's uh, there's a lot of players in this area geographically that can come in and help us out, um, you know, and are excited about you know doing the same thing I'm doing and coming to this uh, just this tradition rich program. So um, it it is enticing. Um, um, it is a challenge, but. Um, you know, we'll get there. I'm I'm confident in that. I've just I see it saw it took place over the last really twenty four to thirty six months at the last place I was at. You guys are going to Laramie in the fall, so that one's on you, right? Right. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I've seen them six out of the last seven years. So when I was at Southern Illinois playing N D S U. So great staff, great football coach as well, great program.
Oh, there's definitely a big difference in uh, between, you know, 12 and 11-man football. But I think uh, the key word is football. And between the whistles, it's just football, right? So we're going to take the ball away. You know, we're trying to prevent people from scoring, trying to score. So, again, between, between the whistles, it's football. Uh, schematically, things change a little bit between uh, 12 and 11-man football. But, uh, again, I'll just come back to it. It's all football. Well, I think the number one thing that always stands out in my mind is he brought the tight end, in my opinion, back up to the CFL, which had been absent. He brought a big body type uh, that was really a tight end body up there and uh, posed some different challenges in the run game and in the pass game and things like that, whereas in Canada previous to that, there was tight ends involved, but more in a, a fullback body type, per se. So... Uh, yeah, he presented some, some different challenges, and I think uh, that's the main one that sticks out in my mind. And he said, you know, you were really on a path to become a head coach in the CFL. Mm -hmm. So that must have been a difficult decision for you to decide whether I'm staying up there or coming here to the States. Why did you decide to come here and go and try to win things? Well, as Coach Tedford alluded to, there was, you know, some, some lengthy interview processes on the phone and things like that. And as I talked to Coach longer and more extensively uh, what became evident to me is he had a really clear vision and that was refreshing to me and um, I had you know things have gone had gone really well uh, up in Canada and things were progressing fast and this was just uh, something that was unplanned obviously and it was a dot on my timeline that I think that I really needed to explore so uh, the decision was really wasn't that tough once I was able to have longer conversations once I come down and met with him uh, in person and really understood. And he has, a, in my opinion, a really unique way of establishing his vision without uh, giving you a flow chart and telling you ABC123 um, as, you know, in his hiring of J.D. Williams and, and Burt Watts and, and Tony on our side of the ball. Uh, even though I didn't know these guys, uh, once I got to meet them, it just um, solidified to me that I had made the right choice. Uh, a dog wire dude, uh, to me, is what we are establishing as a staff. We are, again, we're, whether it's toughness, whatever criteria that we are setting forth, those are the types of players that we're going to get whether it's a little bit of intelligence, whether it's a lot of toughness, whether it's recruiting uh, the Valley, uh, those criteria that Coach Tedford set forth along with the rest of the staff, they got to check those boxes. And as they check those boxes, uh, they become a dog wire dude, and those are the types of people we want in this program. Uh, more exotic. Uh, I, I can tell you this, that we will be multiple. Uh, that's kind of a word that's being thrown around. But uh, I think we can hear a common denominator here. And when you hear Kalen speak and when you hear uh, Coach Tedford speak is I'm the same type of, of coach. And so we're still evaluating and seeing where we're at, what recruits we're going to end up with. And I think part of the benefit of being multiple is that if you don't get a recruit or you get an injury, you're able to adapt. And I think you heard Kalen mention that when he spoke to you guys earlier, 
that we will be multiple. We'll be able to go three, four. We'll be able to go four down. We'll be able to go five down. Um, I think the biggest thing is that in being multiple, it's being able to adapt in-game um, and obviously here in the offseason. So whatever players we end up with, we'll be able to morph that defense to give us the best chance to win. And I think football in general likes to divide. What are we going to do schematically, special teams, offense, defense? When at the end of the day, it's about what can we get accomplished as a team to win football games. So whatever's going to give us the best chance to win a football game, if that's a 3-4 that week, we'll run it. If it's a 4-3, that's what we'll do. And we'll have a collective plan to play complementary football. And you know, the ultimate goal is to win games. Uh, this isn't my defense. This will be our defense and one that Fresno will be proud of. Nope, he's present. Coach Tedford did it. So, so uh, he, uh, he, he's done it, and I've, I've watched him do it. And we had some talks about that on the phone. Uh, obviously, Mark Tressman was able to make uh, that transition and things like that. So I'm definitely not the first. You know, there's you know, Mike Riley and some other players that um, were able to, to do that in the past. But uh, there's not a, a long list of them. But uh, that, again, it's really not a concern of mine. Um, I'm just uh, excited to be here, excited to be part of this culture, excited to implement uh, what I would call a subculture on defense and, and make a collective effort with the uh, offense and special teams. Got to be exciting to defend a smaller end zone, right? That is nice. And there's a little less motion, a little more, more shifting, but a lot less motion. Uh, definitely appreciative of the smaller end zones. That's probably a question for the big whistle, right? Like, you know, we always have those, we have those open discussions, absolutely. But, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, like I said, the goal is to win. We're going we're gonna to move players around. We're going to see what they have. Ultimately, it's going to be exciting to get them out there in spring. Um, the sample piece we have right now is just what they have. We're gathering information from other people that have been here. But uh, I, think, I think that is an open thing, but definitely a question more for, for Coach Tedford. Well, I think it's been alluded to by, by both coaches already, and that is uh, coaches are title, but there's so many other things. I think you heard Coach Tedford alert, uh, allude to the word uh, motivating. Um, you got to sell, right? You're, you're selling, you're motivating, you're mentoring kids. You have to be able to teach. So coach is the title, but you have to be able to do all that. And I think amongst all that, you start to, be, uh, you start to mold a culture a little bit. And that's really where it starts. It starts when we got, you know, in recruiting right now. It starts in our team meetings. It starts in our, our bond as a staff daily. And I don't think you, we all know the end goal, but I think what's really fun about being part of this staff so far is we're not end watching. You didn't hear Coach talk about wins and losses. You hear him focus on the process. And that's really where, where it starts. Your, your direct question, to answer you directly, you said, how do we get – uh, address a one in eleven team. I think that's how you do it. It's it's the process. It's the culture that you build along the way. Uh, the, uh, when you're in Canada coaching, how much do you pay attention the last couple of years to 
Yeah, so quite a bit, you know. The thing, the unique thing about Canada is you could play on any night of the week. So <laughs> you can, uh, so you're not. It's not a set schedule all the time. Uh, so you know, I don't have a percentage, or but I, I'm aware of who the top teams in the country and who's winning the Super Bowl. And I'm not that far. I'm not at the North Pole, but we're <laughs> we. Uh, we we do we do we're able to get get some feed so I do follow it and, and understand it and I have a lot of connections right you know being from Seattle and those sorts of things um, you have you know coaching's pretty much a fraternity and so you have other coaches all across the country that you you're obviously watching their teams. What do I like watching better? I don't know if I have an answer. I have to straddle the fence. I think here's here's how I would equate it, honestly. If there was a game being played over here and you call it X and a game being played over here and you called it Y and the CFL was over here, and you know, I think to play the game, sometimes the CFL in, in aspects is more fun. Uh, what does fun mean? It's just more moving parts, you know, it's in those sorts of things. But I grew up playing 11-man football, and it was equally as fun, right? It's just I've been experienced for the last 15 years to a different game. So um, I don't know whether I, I enjoy one more than the other. It's just, uh, again, it's football. But if there was two games being played, I think the CFL is, is pretty interesting. Perhaps. No, I'm kidding. Like, we uh, definitely, definitely I, we have some connections up there of, of you know, there's some, some prep schools and some things and a pipeline that's, that's pretty direct that we can uh, obviously tap into some of those resources. Um, and, and we'll just see how that, how, how that plays out. There's a lot of good players in Canada. I think what's, um, I guess, just really not known is that there's a lot of U.S. schools that scholarship Canadian athletes and that they never make it back up to the CFL. I think a misconception is that the Canadian League is just full of that. I mean, there's, there's first-round picks, second-round picks that go every year that are Canadians that just don't get that publicity as such. So there's a lot of good football players, and so hopefully we can tap into some of those resources. Not directly, but uh, Johnny, I'll tell you what, he's a, he's a dog-wired dude. Like, that guy loves to play football. Um, I can remember him uh, playing with a broken arm for about two series because he didn't want to tell anybody, you know, and uh, totally true statement. Uh, Johnny Sears is a warrior. Um, we get a bunch of him, I'll tell you what, we were getting ourselves the best odds to win, so... Um, Johnny's, you know, we, I acquired him in free. You talk about recruiting. We, he was a guy that I identified in free agency that was a must-have. And so even though it's not directly called recruiting when you're acquiring free agents and things, um, you're definitely doing th those sorts of, of things and selling your program and, 
and, and talking to different people. But um, anybody who knows Johnny Sears or watches him play knows that he would fit in our program perfectly. Well, I think the difference is, is I was going into the unknown, where at least, you know, now I've, I've, this is where the football that I knew growing up, right? So I think it's, I don't see it as a challenge really at all. I mean, when you surround your, when you, all you have to do is sit down with our staff and just know that the X's and O's are, are going to take care of themselves. Um, building this culture, selling the program, getting the right people in here, um, reselling another product to, the returning players is going to be what's most important. The X's and O's, I believe, uh, will be will be solved in that area. Uh, it's the other intangibles that I think we uh, we need to focus on right now. Thank you.